They had never seen anything quite like it. Somewhere between a man and a goat with long fur and scales and standing roughly seven feet tall, it was like something out of a nightmare. And when it hurled itself on the man's car and tried to take his wife, they knew they were dealing with something from out of this world. But before we begin, if you love cryptids and want to learn the full story, both the legends and the facts delivered as a narrative story, then this guided tour is for you. Lurk on over and tap the subscribe, like, or review button depending on where you watch or listen. Now, grab your flashlight and stay alert. The tour is about to start. I'm Elaine, and you're touring Cryptids Across the Atlas. It was the summer of 69. School was out until fall semester, so children were laying poolside at the local parks and teens were enjoying the peak of their summer romance. No curfews, no homework, and no deadlines. Honestly, it was some of the best days of their lives. But just like the lyrics in Brian Adams' hit song, I guess nothing can last forever. What started as a peaceful summer vacation quickly turned into a community-wide manhunt, or shall I say monster hunt, that turned Fort Worth, Texas upside down. On July 9, 1969, John Reichert was joined by his wife and two other couples as they were hanging out by Greer Island at about midnight. As they exchanged their weekend plans and discussed their work week, all was calm on the water's edge. After recognizing how late it was getting, they started their cars back up and just about pulled away from the shoreline when a prominent dark figure leapt from a tree onto the hood of John's car. In an attempt to grab his wife, he pulled the car in reverse and sped off with only a moment to spare. Panicking, John drove to the nearby police station and shared what he and his friends had just witnessed. John described the creature as part man and part goat and covered with fur and scales. As the police escorted John and his wife back to the scene, John showed the police officers an 18-inch scratch down the side of his car that was supposedly made with the creature's claw-like hands. The only problem is that when several police officers showed up and quickly scanned the vicinity with their flashlights, they couldn't identify any creature remotely as John had described. No footprints, no trace. An officer on the scene, James S. McGee, would later go on to say, We did make a serious investigation because those people were really scared. He also theorized that the couples were probably just victims of a cruel prank. One where someone may have thrown a dummy on top of their car or had dressed in an ape costume to scare them off. He also warned that if this was a prank, it was a very dangerous way to pull a prank. In his words, someone is liable to get themselves shot. That morning, John and his wife's story immediately hit the press with the headline, Fishy Man Goat Terrifies Couples Parked at Lake Worth. Shortly after the townsfolk got wind of the supposed monster terrorizing their city, men quickly grabbed their guns and hopped in their pickup trucks to try and catch it. According to the director of the Greer Island Nature Center, Rick Pratt, he remembers folks coming out in droves, bringing their wine, whiskey, and beer as they went on the hunt for this mysterious monster. In his words, here was a Sasquatch, our very own. It was a party. What the hell? Let's go. But what's interesting to note is that one of the local police dispatchers at the time had shared that this wasn't the first call he had received. In fact, several people had shared their concerns about an unknown creature stalking their backyards. 
in their descriptions. Some believed that the monster had a short, human-like body with the head of a dog or a goat, with the single horn protruding from the middle of its head. They called it the Lake Worth Monster, or in some cases, the Goat Man. Before I continue, I'd like to quickly pause and note that this isn't the same Goatman found throughout cryptozoology. Like Sasquatch, the Goatman has many names and legends that we'll have to save for a future episode, so for the sake of confusion, I'll keep the Legworth title. Now, back to the story. Others claimed that this creature wasn't a small being, but standing roughly six or seven feet tall, weighing about 300 pounds, and had a long, slender neck covered in either white hair or even scales, depending on who you talk to. But when Fort Worth Telegram asked the dispatcher about the monster, he stated, We've had reports about this thing for two months, but we've always laughed them off as pranks. But this may not have been a prank after all. Because that very next night, on July 10th, many of the townsfolk were off wandering in the same area John had been the night before, when the creature made yet another alarming appearance with its pitiful cry. Only this time, his Hulk-like temper only magnified as he hurled a car tire straight towards the group of people about 500 feet away. Once this happened, everyone scrambled in fear, hopped in their trucks, and got out of Dodge. Amongst the curious onlookers was an aspiring writer and private investigator named Sally Ann Clark. With these mysterious appearances, she quickly got to work and began interviewing anyone who would share their experiences with her. Later, she would collect these accounts in her self-published book, The Lake Worth Monster of Greer Island, which debuted just a couple months later in September of 69. Interestingly enough, Sally would go on to share that at the time of her book's release, she hadn't seen the creature herself. That is, until several years later, when she said that she had witnessed the monster on three different occasions. In 1989, she told Star-Telegram, If I'd seen it before the book, the book would have been quite a lot different. It wouldn't have been semi-fiction. It would have been like a history. Unfortunately, if you were to ask her about her Lake Worth monster experiences today, she wouldn't be able to conjure them up because according to NBC DFW, Sally has since suffered a series of strokes that greatly damaged her memory and her health. But while she may not be able to relay the monster in her own words, I should point out that after the tire-throwing incident in 69, police phone lines stayed busy for the following weeks. Many witnesses had claimed to see the creature lurking through their backyard, while others claimed to have found large footprints they couldn't quite determine. And even a few select individuals would report that their sheep had been mysteriously slaughtered overnight. Now this last tidbit sounds more like a chupacabra type of situation. Chupacabra sightings have been rumored to be in Texas, but technically this was before the dawn of the chupacabra frenzy. But who knows, this may have predated the original 1995 Puerto Rico sighting. However, it's worth mentioning that as the summer holidays came and went, with the turn of autumn, the once-crazed Lake Worth monster hype slowly fizzled out. Fewer and fewer community members reported seeing mysterious figures around Lake Worth or hearing strange noises in the woods. Like all things, both good and bad, the tale of the mysterious Lake Worth monster had to come to an end at some point. With students settling into their classes for the fall term, the rumors of the Lake Worth monster fell flat. But 
suppose there was one more sighting that could stir up the community one last time. One that might even be considered as physical evidence. Later that fall, right around Halloween, Alan Plaster, a young Fort Worth native, and a couple of his friends had been out driving near Greer Island around 1am. Just as they were about to head out, Alan heard a strange noise and quickly got out his camera in stunned belief. In front of him, Alan described a large, white, furry shape crouching in the tall grass. While this photo seemed to have revived the legendary Lake Worth monster momentarily, after about a week or so, the hype yet again seemed to dry out as many individuals just took the photo as being proof of really just a white dog. Though I do have to admit, it's hard to make out any definitive shape, dog or otherwise, but I'll let you be the judge of what this photograph entails. Also, side note, the person currently possessing this elusive photo is none other than Sally Ann Clark. Apparently, Alan Plaster had gifted it following all the Lake Worth hype. Although, interestingly enough, in an interview with Star Telegram in 2006, Alan's point of view had drastically shifted from his initial thoughts back in 69. He said, Looking back, I realized that when we drove by, it stood up. Whatever it was, it wanted to be seen. That was a prank. That was somebody out there waiting for people to drive by. I don't think an animal would have acted that way. The running theory for many is that the Lake Worth monster was just simply a dumb prank pulled by bored high schoolers looking for a bit of summertime fun. And if that's true, their plan had worked. They were able to rile up an entire community to crusade around looking for a mysterious monster that didn't exist. While a few residents scoffed at the idea and went on with their lives utterly unfazed by the town gossip, it's evident that many residents took the opportunity to grab a few beers, load their shotguns, and go wild with their buddies. I guess there's something about bragging rights when shooting strange things we know nothing about. It's basically good southern fun, right? But of course, there had to be a few locals who feared this monster. With all the hype and just two short days, mind you, many parents probably warned their kids to stay away from the lake and not stray too far from home. Sometimes it's better to lock your doors and let the professionals handle the situation. For one little boy, this excitement had only been the beginning of something extraordinary, whether real or wholly made up. If you're a Texas native and are equally fascinated by cryptids and their lore, you probably recognize the name Craig Woolheater. Now a full-time cryptozoology blogger, Craig created the Texas Bigfoot Research Center in 1999 to educate people on the Lake Worth monster. But his love for all things cryptids started in 1969 with its original sighting. At nine years old, Craig was deeply fascinated with the strange and paranormal monsters, dinosaurs, UFOs, and cryptids, you name it. So when the story of the Lake Worth monster made headlines, he cut out the newspaper articles and kept them in a scrapbook. But this wouldn't be the only thing that later led him to start the research center. While driving through Louisiana several years later, Craig shares that by the beam of his headlights, a strange gray-bodied bipedal creature with ape-like qualities was staring right back at him. Believing that this creature couldn't be found in school textbooks, he soon dedicated his life to researching some of our world's most strange phenomena. 
posing the question if there really is such a thing as Sasquatch. And if you ask Craig his thoughts on the Lake Worth monster, he'd tell you that he personally thinks that it's an undiscovered, uncatalogued primate species that walks on two legs. Before we come to a close, I have one more tidbit to share with you in case you're on the fence about what happens late that summer night. I believe that education is power, and the more we learn about our surroundings, the better we are. I also believe that there's nothing inherently wrong with believing the strange and unusual. It can be fun believing in cryptids lurking in the shadows or theories that seem too weird to be true. I mean, sometimes the truth is stranger than fiction. But other times, simply knowing the truth can be a real killjoy. It stunts your imagination and can kind of leave you feeling a little empty inside. It's fun to believe in things like Sasquatch or Chupacabra, but it feels like a significant letdown when the truth emerges that many of these strange occurrences are nothing more than hoaxes to rile up a community. And this must be exactly how the town felt in 2005 when the truth finally came out. A reporter at the Star-Telegram received an anonymous handwritten letter stating, One weekend, myself and two friends from Northside High School decided to go out to Lake Worth and scare people on the roads where there were always stories of monsters and creatures who would attack their partners. The letter also shared that they had made a homemade mask out of tinfoil to scare a truckload of girls and then went to Dairy Queen to grab some ice cream to laugh and joke about the experience. According to the anonymous writer, they state, I had a coke float and the goat man had a parfait. If you love cryptids and want to learn even more about the creatures we just talked about, find us on TikTok or Instagram. Just search username at the cryptid atlas. By the way, the episode you just witnessed is both a podcast and YouTube video, so whichever format you prefer, we have you covered. Also, check out our interactive cryptid map to browse the globe and learn about cryptids from your favorite areas. Every episode we make adds another pin to our map. You can find our social channels, the map, and more at thecryptidatlas.com. And when you find us, be sure to tap that follow button and get in on the action by dropping a comment on our recent videos. If you enjoy the show, consider sharing it on with a friend. Sharing the spooky love with someone else is the best compliment you could ever give us. And if you listen on Apple or Spotify, consider leaving an honest review to help other listeners know what to expect. Thanks for touring cryptids across the Atlas. Until next time, keep your eyes open. You never know what you might see just on the edge of the road.